Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. Gathering all the information you would need to stay ahead of the curve on your crypto investments. Welcome to Thriller Rundown. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from around the world, welcome back to another exciting episode of The Rundown. Today is July 22nd, 2019, and two days after the 50th anniversary of the first human landing on the moon, BACT has arrived. That's right. It's a moonshot bet for Bitcoin. At least that's what it's being called out there. Uh, but more importantly, it's going to be a price discovery bet, it looks like. So let's talk back on The Rundown. The Rundown. So what is a moonshot bet? Well, you know, it's a familiar term in business culture. And Jeffrey Spreaker, the chairman and CEO of Intercontinental Exchange, has referred to backed uh, being a bit of a moonshot bet. But uh, practically speaking, however, BACT is very much down to earth, at least in regards to how we view the crypto and Bitcoin markets. Um, but still, price discovery is a big thing, especially with BitMEX getting uh, CFTC uh, investigated here on Friday. It's going to be a way for not only price discovery, but for order book and reliability in discovering what the real price of Bitcoin is going to be. And it was launched today. Well, at least the user acceptance testing of it was. And on Thursday, this past Thursday, BACT had their own New York Stock Exchange kind of uh, asset summit. And uh, it was a first for Bitcoin, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I can't think of a time Bitcoin has ever been inside of the New York Stock Exchange boardroom. Bitcoin people, I should say, much less Bitcoin uh, discussion <laughs> going on. Uh, but it went uh, very much unnoticed uh, for the entire crypto space. Wasn't reported on uh, by CoinDesk. Wasn't reported on by the blog. A lot of uh, media companies didn't report on it, which is very surprising. Um, and then uh, specifically, you had um, banks and, and trust companies and regulators at the event uh, talking on panels. Um, and a lot was discussed. We covered it here on Saturday. Uh, you might have to go back an episode, but we did a thriller insights on it. Might want to check that out. Was, I thought it was pretty informative, just exactly what they covered. But for the most part, it got launched today on um, July 22nd. So here we are, back test launch, but Bitcoin, no moon, right? Uh, at least that's what a lot of you are saying. But I think we're looking at it a little bit differently than we probably should. And the reason I say that is because of one person in particularly. His name is Jeffrey Speaker. Like I said, he is a CEO and chairman of ICE. But what's interesting about this person is that he started off from pretty humble beginnings. Um, in the early 2000s, he saw a way for the vast majority of people in the space to create 
value over the internet, uh, very much like Amazon did. But they did it uh, through, you know, Internet Web 1.0, and they were able to sell this to Goldman and accomplish it. And so what they're doing now with BACT is even more important. And the fact that he's able to recognize that and, and help build that out only shows you exactly the type of pedigree he has in building out the systems that succeed. So take a listen to Jeffrey Speaker as he talks about the early days of ICE. What happens? I just am ready for something to happen. And, uh, and as you know, we um, came back to work in January and we, um, we went out and, and, and we had called on 107 different uh, companies asking them if they would use our product. Uh, and I was keeping track. And uh, fortunately, the 108th company we went to, which was Goldman Sachs, um, in January of 2000, said, this is kind of interesting. It was the first time we had somebody who, who kind of the light bulb went on. And the same day that uh, we went to Goldman Sachs, we went to Morgan Stanley down the street in New York. And they got interested. And I don't know what it was, but just something about that new year and kind of a new attitude and a sense that we just got to make this work. Um, we got two really important customers who said, we'd like to try to work with you to make this go. For, you know, we fortunately, the New York Stock Exchange, which was a high profile deal because of the nature of that company, uh, the management there was great that we all sat in a room. We, we really thought about, you know, is ICE the right owner for the New York Stock Exchange? Could, what could we bring to the stock exchange? What, what would it do for the average employee in the stock exchange that, that couldn't happen on its own? And, um, you know, it helped shape the thinking of that deal. So that by the time we actually did the, and announced the transaction, we were already knew exactly what we were going to do, and, um, and, and we hit the ground running. Mm. Anyway, it, uh, today it's kind of easy for people to raise capital so, so they don't have to make the hard decisions. And I see a lot of companies... I've invested in some companies that have great ideas, but then they never ship the product. Mm -hmm. and, it, and the business is about shipping the product, right. not about entertaining yourself and, right. uh, or putting up some league table about how much money you've made. It's right. about satisfying customers and, um, and, and continuing to evolve your product and make it better and better and better, but, uh, but you've got to ship it. Right. You, you, you taught me a lot about that, that that really good um, code writers don't want to just sit in a room and write code. You know, to a certain degree, good code writers like you and, and, and a couple other guys that you've mentioned that worked with us were like artists. And at some point, you want the world to see your art and yeah. to give you feedback. That, you know? That's actually one of the reasons I left my old job was because we, we had worked at Harris Corporation. Again, I worked at, it's a great company, uh, worked at, there for right out of college. And was there five years, four years, we, there were 200 engineers, we wrote like a couple million lines of code over that four years. I never saw the product ship, we never shipped it. Yeah. I was like, I want to go somewhere where I can actually make a difference and see something and see people using it, you know, and that's why one of my biggest things was always like, I want to see that first trade come through, you know, the right. first trade, uh, which we, we, we did in, in 2000. What do you think about in terms of new technologies that are emerging today, like, is there anything that you think will potentially disrupt or how are you looking to dis continue that disruption pattern with through technology well you know we run exchanges right so we have um, obviously the New York Stock Exchange but we we also own um, um, a dozen or so exchanges around the world and um, 
If you go back to the New York Stock Exchange in the late 1700s, uh, a group of people met on a street corner in New York um, under a buttonwood tree, and they would they would trade stocks. Um, and what they created back then was was for that era a network. What you and I did um, is we created a network. We moved uh, people that were standing on open outcry trading floors. Uh, in other words, in an analog world, uh, we put them on the internet and took them digital. Um, and we created our own uh, digital network. The thing that I realize today is that, that networks can form very quickly. Um, you know, a, a good developer can develop an app and it can go viral very quickly and a lot of people can get on it. And, um, and, and what took uh, hundreds of years to build at the New York Stock Exchange can be literally almost built overnight uh, today. So we think a lot about protecting our network. Um, how do we make sure that the people that are attached to us stay attached to us? And um, it doesn't have to have the latest and greatest technology, but the kind of disruptive features that, that an entrepreneur would bring to a new network, we better be on top of those and adopting those so that uh, there's no reason to leave our network. Yeah, and so they launched today, and it's expected for them to uh, fully launch here at the end of the current quarter. And if you're wondering what quarter they're in, they're currently in their third quarter right now. It runs from July 1st, 2019 to September 30th. 2019. So if you do the math on that, that's, uh, you know, roughly here um, by the end of September, they should be launched, um, you know, to everybody at that point. And so this gets us into a scenario of a November, October, November, December uh, bull run. And this kind of goes right in plan with other TA uh, analysts out there that are predicting a, a drop in price of Bitcoin. Um, so it, it, it's no wonder why uh, we're seeing such a low price in Bitcoin today. It, like I said, this uh, backed institutional digital asset summit that happened on Thursday wasn't reported at all. It's almost like if uh, they had a, a lot of these media companies were invited, but were not allowed to discuss what exactly went on there. Uh, we were able to get a hold of some uh, key takeaways uh, sheet that was distributed on the open web. And we, we put that in on Saturday's episode on Thriller Insights, so make sure to check that out. But um, I, w I will say, I will say that uh, this is big news for crypto. This is big, big, big news for Bitcoin, and specifically uh, the fact that they were able to launch and uh, hit their hit their deadline like they wanted to. And it's not going to be perfect. Uh, I, I think Jeffrey Speaker uh, spoke to that that you're going to release something. And you're going to get the product out there, but it's not going to be perfect. You're going to have to reiterate and uh, uh, and make sure that you get it to a certain point that um, that your customers can appreciate. And, and the fact that he has multiple exchanges all over the world that he's uh, diversified in uh, only goes to show uh, his uh, his extreme um, reliance on uh, building out exchanges and making sure that they are successful. I mean, that's what he does. That's that's who he is. That's uh, what he creates. That's what his company accomplishes. So I'm, I'm extremely bullish on seeing where this is going to go. Uh, I expect to, uh, you know, hear a lot about how the UAT, how, how the UA user acceptance testing uh, happened today and, and the rest of this week, because there is going to be a, 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 a second quarter 2019 earnings call here 
on August 1st, 2019. So that's going to be here in probably about another week or so. So we'll be able to find out firsthand exactly how the launch went and how everything's going here on August 1st. So we'll see how that goes and we'll definitely be here to cover it. Okay, so I think with that, let's go ahead and get into five good minutes on, well, yeah, have to wait and see. Five good minutes. All right, so uh, here in this five good minutes, I want to talk about why the price of Bitcoin right now is not important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trust me, it's it's gonna be an interesting sell. Here, check this out. So I, I know a lot of you out there are looking at back launching today and we're expecting something to go up. Uh, you know, it would be nice too if it would go up, right? But I think the fact remains, uh, and I said this before and I've said this in the past, uh, it's, it's, come, it, it's come to me in multiple times, in multiple scenarios, just from following this space, just from looking at this space, just from covering this space, just from being in this space, and uh, taking press releases from this space, I, I realized that we are ahead of the game at least a month and a half before everybody else. I'm not talking about what I'm doing is ahead of the game a month and a half before everybody else. I'm talking about us in the space, in the crypto space. This space moves entirely fast. It moves faster than anything else out there. Not even the tech uh, like uh, Web 2.0 companies, Web 3.0 companies are coming out into fruition today, but not even like Apple, Google, not even these spaces, these industries that, that they're involved in are moving this fast. Uh, cryptocurrency and fintech is just moving a mile a minute. Uh, every week feels like a month of news. Every month feels like a year of news. And uh, this space is moving entirely way too fast. And uh, what we're seeing right now is waiting for people to catch up. No one knows who ICE is out there. Regular people walking around the street, if you ask them who ICE is, they're gonna tell you a different you know, uh, company or, or a different organization. They're not gonna tell you they own the New York Stock Exchange or other exchanges around the world, or much less they own BACT, right? So what, what you need to realize is that uh, what we're doing right now, what we're talking about is usually much ahead. And this is one of the main reasons why when we were discussing Fidelity and TD Ameritrade in February and March, we didn't see a full run until April. Um, that's not, uh, that's, this is not, um, to me, that wasn't a surprise, just more of a confirmation that we, we were just too far ahead with information. We just know it before everybody else. And I think what's going on right now is the exact same thing. We know that BACT has been around for more than a year. I'm sure a lot of people have forgot most of the information that was out there at that time. But, you know, they officially announced, what was it, like August 2018, that it was going to plan to form a new company called Backed, and they were going to leverage Microsoft Cloud Solutions, and they were going to, you know, uh, be working with some marquee names like Starbucks and, and BCG. And they were trying to, they were going to try to integrate a platform that enables consumers and institutionals institutions to buy and sell, store, and spend digital assets on a seamless global network. That was their goal, right? And the ecosystem is going to take some time to get not only federally regulated, but it's also going to take some time for merchant and consumer applications, much less adoption, to take place. So this is just going to take some time, right? 
Uh, and then on December 18th, BAC completed its first round of funding. And we know how that went. Of course, Galaxy Digital was one of them, Pantera Capital, uh, Horizons Ventures. A lot of very big companies in the space, uh, and Microsoft included, were able to throw some money at BAC and say, hey, we believe in you. And then finally, it was announced in May that they were ready to start a physical delivery and secure storage of Bitcoin, and they would manage and fully integrate custody service as well, too. And of course, they acquired Rosenthal Collins Group, and they acquired Digital Asset Custody Company here in April and January, respectfully. So there's a lot of information that happened over the past you know, 18 to 12 months. And what you're seeing right now is just everybody needing to take a breath because this is exactly how it was supposed to happen. It's just going to take a little bit more time. And I think once we realize that we're ahead of the game, right, everybody else will catch up. We'll start seeing it being displayed on CNBC and Fox News. And the next thing you know, come, you know, September, October, we start hearing about Bact and about Starbucks. And that's five good minutes on why I think everybody needs to relax on the price of Bitcoin and to continue to purchase more. Okay, with that, let's get into Code Hard Truth. The Hard Truth. I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right. So today in Code Hard Truth, I kind of want to talk about something that's very much inside baseball. But uh, I need to talk about this just to um, just to get it out there, Uh, because I feel like uh, a lot of people that listen to the show are fans of of myself and the the podcast or the crypto. But a lot of others uh, that are subscribed as well, too are very much uh, interested in, in making sure that their investments uh, are, are okay and they're ahead of the curve. So these are, this this uh, Code Heart Truth is more for the latter, right? So uh, I've noticed since I started this podcast, this subscription podcast, that information in this space is no longer becoming uh, uh, readily uh, available to everybody. Uh, I want to say in, in the 2017 bull run, there, there was a lot of stuff that uh, would, when we would look it up or when we would go research it, research it there would already be you know dozens of YouTube videos uh, talking about this very subject. Um, or you know, dozens of YouTube videos talking about uh, you know what's going on behind the scenes, either if that's with uh, BTC Core or you know what was going on with, with SegWit at the time and these backdoor meetings and stuff like that. It was all readily available and and being discussed in, in an open forum. I feel like these days, especially here in 2019, I've, I've come to realize that there's a, a vast majority, especially in the institutional space, where the information is just not being made public at this point. Um, and I just want to let everybody uh, just become aware of that. And this weekend was uh, kind of hard to find some information on exactly what went on at, at this uh, digital asset uh, summit that Bank was holding on Thursday. I was very surprised to, to find out there was some key journalists in this space that were at the event. Uh, but like I said, they weren't either either they had signed an NDA or they weren't able to talk about the event, much less tweet about it. Uh, thank thank God for uh, uh, Gabor Gorbachev of uh, 
of Van Acker, and he was able to tweet out at least one tweet, and we were able to see what it looked like at the uh, digital, uh, the back digital invest summit, uh, or else we would have never even had heard about it. It was at that point, you know, on Twitter, people were crowdsourcing some information, and then from there, you can kind of link off, and, and other information was kind of being leaked out to trust nodes and some of these other, um, you know, very very fringe kind of uh, cryptocurrency news sites that most people don't uh, rely on or even know about, but I have them in my kind of uh, um, you know spin wheel of uh, news sites that I that I follow just because they always have some information that you know some other places not covering at least that I've noticed as of late, especially in 2019. So I just want y'all to be aware that there, this I feel like with this next kind of bull run that we go into here in uh, in 2019. I think I think I think a lot of information is going to be kind of kept away from the crypto space, and I mean that like in a kind of like very sad way. Like it, it I always felt like with crypto, there's this open transparency of news that was happening, you know, in the space, and that was something you could always rely on. But I've I've come to realize that here in 2019, with all these institutions coming in and and all this, uh, I guess you would call it um, uh, very much uh, liquid money uh, that's entering the space. You're you're realizing that. Uh, you know, that's not the case anymore. You know, a lot of this information is going to be start being distributed through Bloomberg terminals and stuff like that. It's going to be uh, kind of siphoned off. So I just want to give you a heads up on what's going on and, and, and what's happening. And I also want to kind of double down in, in that um, we were still able to find all this information out regardless of that happening. Uh, and I, I kind of pride myself in that. And I, I kind of like the challenge of digging and, and finding out what's going on. And I think paying, paying attention to key dates and key figures and key personalities in the space and understanding these markets so well and understanding the ins and outs of what's going on is going to help me immensely going forward here into the bottom portion of this year. If I had to make a guess right now, and I, I said this earlier, you know, I really, I really think that you know, getting out of this April Bulls run here in April was one of the best things we could have done, right? And then you know, we had this little small drop back down to 92. Was it like, oh no, 97, I'm sorry, 9,700, 9,600, somewhere around there in July. Um, and then I think here in the short term, I think, I think if we can get back fully running, uh, we have a, a solid custodial solution for these institutional investors. I definitely think we can get Bitcoin, you know, above 20K by the end of the year or at least close to it. I think seeing Bitcoin at 16K here in October, you know, is a very viable thing. Uh, you know, I, I, I definitely see that as a possibility. And I, I think here even... You know, by by the having of next year, we could be somewhere around, you know, 27, 29, 30K um, in, in Bitcoin price. And, and I don't think that is a uh, such a far reach. I think that's a pretty, uh, I want to say, safe bet for the most part. And, and if we're really going to go the gamut, I think, you know, if we look into 2020 and what that entails, and I never try to go that far ahead in predicting price, but I think any viable person would say 100, 100K you know, 80K, 90K, 75K is is in the range of, of a possibility. So just remember that as all this uh, key information comes out right now, as you have the opportunity to, you know, really, really capture lightning in a bottle here uh, as this unfolds in real time. So, yeah. Okay.
Yeah, so don't forget, uh, there's a big lunch uh, with uh, Buffett this week. Uh, it's happening in San Francisco. And of course, Justin's son is uh, handling that event. Um, I can't think of one Bitcoin maximalist uh, that he's invited. I don't think there is one that's being invited. Uh, I don't think there is a journalist being invited. Uh, I don't think there is anybody of any substance that's being invited to that, uh, except for that Charlie Lee at that. Um, so it's going to be interesting. That's going to happen here on the 25th. So, I mean, we'll definitely have to talk about it at some point. But uh, that's all we got on the calendar this week, it seems. Uh, back was the main important thing launching this week. And uh, we'll see if any more coverage happens tomorrow. Maybe we'll get an interview. Maybe we'll get something. But if not, then it, it goes to show that... Uh, Spreaker and team are keeping their head down and creating and making sure they create a viable product for their customers. Okay, with that, see you tomorrow.